0: Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmeyer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets
1: practice. So Alex, what's your story, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself
0: uh my name is alexis i'm a physio in canada uh, i studied up to mcgill where i got my bachelor's and then my master's uh, in physical therapy um the way i i want to say roast to prominence but that sounds pretentious because I mean, we're all just idiots arguing on the internet uh is with my physio page like no bullshit physio um i started making stuff that was uh, making fun of stuff that was frustrating to me in the industry, and uh, kind of got some traction there, and I've been rocking ever since. Yeah, it's like I started like seven months ago with that with that stuff. But I've been working as a physio for I've been self employed for like six years.
2: Oh, okay. See, that's something that we should definitely dive into. Um, yeah. So first and foremost, I mean, most people coming out of school, at least in in America, that they will go into school and then they graduate, and then they'll find the the quickest job that they can snag because they want security. That doesn't seem to be what you've done. So just tell us a little bit more about how being self-employed has been.
0: Uh, My dad's actually Jeff Bezos. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) It's just I'm in Canada, right? So the context is so different. It actually cost me more to go to – I mean we don't have like a prep school, but we have the equivalent where it's – we call it CJP. So it's the thing before university and after high school that was actually more expensive than the university I went to. And I went to McGill, which is like considered pretty good. I think when I was there, it was like 17th best in the world. And it still cost me something like 3,000 Canadian a year, I think. It's like ridiculously cheap. So I came out with basically no debt. I think I came up, I had like 10,000, 10K in debt, but it was because of a clerical mistake that they made. Um, it's a long story, but most people come out and they have like no debt. So it's so easy in Canada. You can do whatever you want, to be honest.
2: That's wild.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah first tip, uh, for new grads, be Canadian. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the initial, uh, pull to the physical therapy space? Um, I wanted to get into medicine, uh, cause I come from a family of doctors. Uh, and then I, I was missing like half, a. We don't have the same thing of GPA, but basically 0.1 point on GPA score uh, to get into medicine. So I went to physio because I, I thought it was pretty close, and I really like sports. So um, I got in, and then uh, I didn't like it at first, actually. And then I went to law school for a year, at another university. And I I thought law school was very interesting, but <laughs> it's just not um, – I just couldn't be a lawyer. Like I get really triggered by injustice. Like You can see by my page, like I'm a – I'll get mad at random things uh, that I find are unfair that no one cares about. So I was like, if I'm a lawyer, that's gonna be me every day, but I'm you know, I'm gonna be you're basically defending injustice sometimes because you're defending your client and you know he's like guilty. I don't know. i j- I just felt like it was too much of like ethical dilemmas the whole time. so uh, I just went back to physio and I ended up liking it when I started my uh, clinical rotations because a lot of the things that I didn't like by physios turned out to be stuff that I didn't have to do, like stuff that was dumb, uh, like looking for sacral dysfunctions and stuff like that. Like I had no clue, honestly, that um, like all the things that I'm criticizing in science, some people are like, they're in school and they're like, oh, I'm pulling my hair out because my teacher is saying such dumb shit. Uh, For me, it was more like I didn't like the teacher that was saying random nonsense. um, And I I just didn't understand her purpose. Um, So I really got the, the science bug after school, I'd say.
2: And let's shed a little bit more light on the science bug, because that's not an easy thing for most people, because when we get into this career path, we always want to stay on top of things. so You don't want to be the antiquated dinosaur. So you have to spend some time reading up on some things, but it can be hard. So it seems like that you're always diving deep into the research on a regular basis. So what, what what's about that? How did you get the science bug?
0: That's a really good question. Um... I don't know sometimes i talk about research like i'm on dates and i'm like i'm almost apologizing because so i'm like yeah i'm sorry this is so fucking boring like i don't know like i i think i'm always like poking if they want me to keep going um for me i think it's not necessarily like it could be about anything i could be reading research about nutrition it's more about finding pieces of the puzzle and sorry my cat's kind of like sneezing all over <laughs> sorry Stop awesome buddy um yeah um <laughs> for, for me it's really yeah again getting pieces of the puzzle and i'm getting interested in learning it's, it's almost like i'm honing a new skill um so like i don't know like for instance i learned what a funnel plot was this year and i was really intrigued by that because it gives you it gives you access to more information and with it you can um, i don't know it, it's it's again it's more about getting good at something than necessarily what it is because again it could be about anything and um yeah, it, you know how they say knowledge is power. I guess it just makes me, it <laughs> doesn't make me feel powerful, but it it just makes me feel more knowledgeable and I can use it to do anything basically. Like honestly, I think when I really, really got into it was when COVID hit, because there was nothing to do besides reading what the papers were doing. And I saw like a lot of people becoming armchair experts. And I, I figured, like, hey, you have no training and I have a master. so let's just use that. And I realized it was pretty interesting, and then I decided to kind of apply it to my field. Like, I was already reading research, but when I got really into it, and then the boring and minutiae stats is when I was like, hey, I don't really understand what they're saying in that paper, so let's get better at it. And uh, yeah, that's, gotcha. how did, that's how.
2: And when now, when does the the BS Physio Instagram page fade into this? Is this when you started to learn more and more
0: about the stats or prior to that? Uh, mix of both. Um, I'd say the stats is when I... I, um, when I started to be like confident enough to do it, um, so I was, I was arguing a lot on like forum boards or like move you pages and posting. And then actually, I think if I have to be more precise, the way it started is people were, you know, I was like, Hey, this is bullshit. And I, people were like, Hey, we don't believe you. So I would just do like literally stupid literature reviews for an Instagram comment. And at one point I was, I figured out that was super unhealthy and like a waste of time which is when I decided to do it on my page. Um, okay. So I think it was more about like answering people at real questions and proving that I knew what I was talking about, um, which ironically made me more aware of what I was talking about, you know, made me more qualified. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the thing I find interesting about research is that basically you're, you're looking for a question you're literally digging for the answer. And I think it's the most, impo- the literature reviews that I like the most is the ones where there's, there hasn't been a narrative review on this yet. So the one I did with Ben Inglis recently, um, the one about imbalances, mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Cause the, I like the papers were there. Obviously I'm not creating any new research, but putting it all together mm-hmm. again, like the puzzle analogy had never been done before, I think. And it's not like I can publish this. It's it's not thorough enough, like n- not nearly, but mm-hmm. it's still interesting. Like the idea that, um, if I remember correctly, the, the review I did was about, um, imbalances not really predicting injuries it's more that the imbalances are a reflection of weakness Mm -hmm. right so using one muscle to estimate body weight i've always figured that because it never made sense to me that if one like one muscle is too strong it's going to get you injured like that i know it kind of makes sense if you don't know how the body works like oh yeah because of the imbalances but if you actually think about it it makes no sense because otherwise like bodybuilders would. Like always, be injured because like oh they have like a big bicep, but it doesn't happen that way. Like they are all always injured because they're on roids, but that's the different story. (laughs) Uh,
2: So I mean that that does segue us somewhat to the knees over toes guy. Yeah, and uh, supposedly that I mean I'm not well read on him, but I will say that he is coming a household name. Where I have people coming into my clinic and asking about hey did you see the knees over toes guy? and i'm kind of balanced like i'm i'm kind of in this 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 situation where is he somewhat of a net positive where he has the older people thinking like okay hey i can actually squat and feel better after i squat or is he a net po- a negative for all the other narratives now he's blaming because it seems like he's doing like a blame game right he's like oh no it's not this it's this but it's like no it's neither so how do you feel about the knees over toes guy, particularly when it comes to like the imbalances?
0: Yeah, um, I think overall he's definitely a net positive. Like he's – I wouldn't call him like a movement optimist. I'd say he's kind of an in-between um, where he's still stuck in the biomedical model. But he does believe in the body's adaptability. So it's, it's like he's treating it like a machine that updates itself. So I, it's almost like he's treating the human as a software. Does that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Right? So there's constantly a new update. Um, the problem with this is that, you know, we, we, we all know that there's a difference between what's on the image and what's going to happen. So for him, all the healing he does, like for us, the way we would explain if someone gets better would be like, hey, the meniscus less sensitive, maybe there's a bit of healing um, for him. It would be like, yeah, the meniscus been hydrated, so it healed, mm-hmm. which is weird because it would be like, hey, all these people that have asymptomatic findings should have pain. Like I read a paper today by Nikolaevich from 2019, mm-hmm. and it said that 97.9% of professional soccer players have meniscal tears. <laughs> so it's like, wow. I mean, I guess they should do the knee over toe guy program <laughs> so they can use their knees better. They're just playing elite level soccer, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of, it, it's good. Cause like who gives a shit? People are exercising, right? For me, it's more about, it matters to young professionals. And sometimes the patients, because it's like it gives you contradictory messages. Because you're going to give them similar exercises to him. It's more like what you're going to tell the patient. Mm-hmm. And I think it matters long term because we're. It's again, it's it's like one of the impacts is that sometimes you don't need to do the exercises for prevention, like to hydrate your knees or whatever. Like yeah, you can be walking and that's probably fine. Um, the other is, um, I think in the future it might be harmful. Because he's not that late right now, right? If you compare it to any fitness bro, he's probably way, way in advance compared to them, right? Mm-hmm. It's just when we're in 20 years, it's almost like a McGill, Stuart McGill situation, right? Where uh, McGill was groundbreaking at the time. His research was really good. Um, it's just now we are dealing with the portion that was, in my opinion, kind of outdated or misinterpreted about his results. So it's the same thing with the knee-over-toes guy. Where, um, I mean, a lot of his exercise. I don't think... They specifically do work the way he thinks they do. Like, again, if we come back to the meniscal healing, I think a lot of people get better and their meniscus doesn't change at all. Same thing for the spine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rio papers that she did, like the Ebony Rio, and no, sorry, it was the Jill Cook papers with Purdom. Um, You know, we all know that the tendons get better, but the structure doesn't really change, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, definitely a net positive. I think it just might be a negative in the long term when people have caught up. And it's not, he's not ahead of the science necessarily. He's more ahead of what pe- popul- like people know in general about the science. Yeah. Right? If you actually read recent science, you're probably in front of him, if that makes sense.
2: You know that's a great point that you you brought to the forefront. Where it's like, yeah, we'd probably be giving him giving these people similar exercises, but the narrative behind it definitely carries a lot of weight. So, you know, because yeah, you may help them now get out of this this current pain flare up whatever they're dealing with, but you know if they get hurt again and they don't have this the same type of mentorship, they're probably going to think to themselves like, oh, I'm imbalanced. So if I'm in balance, I'm going to get injured, and then they go down this weird. Rabbit hole of trying to make everything even, and it's just going to bring them down this lo- lower quality of life, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, now, and yeah, that's true. And it doesn't even predict injuries. Like Kellis came out with a systematic review, and what is it? Twenty, I think it was this year. It was like twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one. And it the hamstring to quad ratio doesn't predict injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you look at the Withaker um, paper on abductors and adductors at the hip. Uh, they do like the ratio does predict injuries, but not as strongly as the the absolute strength of the adductors. So you get more groin injuries if your groin is weaker, but it's not because your abductors are too strong or not strong enough. So yeah, it's it's problematic when you go that way. And I think he had a post where he said like you need to train both sides of the joint. First of all, that's not a revolutionary idea. It's just good programming, (laughs) Um, which is fine. I mean, we don't need to be revolutionary. But his implication is that this is. Because, you, you know, you wanna basically probably like something like centrate the joint, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. which we know, you know, it doesn't work that way. Um, and if you look at the papers on strengthening, they do help for pain, but they actually increase the load on your joint. So that's mm-hmm. a paper from Steele in 2015, I think. And yeah, like people people get better, but it's not because there's less load. It's probably just because they were using it more and they're able to, you know, tolerate more load because their muscles are stronger, but it's not like, hey, we we're using small cushions between your joints with or muscles that's not really the way it works right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: the other thing that kind of grinds my gears is a lot of people that gain a lot of traction in the fitness space is they just disclaim science in general right they'll just be like oh the science hasn't caught up yet or you know they yeah. don't they're, they're not really looking in this direction and then they reference some Ancient old thing that people used to do, knees over toe, guys. It says what Chinese people walk backwards, backwards or in China they walked backwards, and just yeah. like 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 come on now. Like, so that definitely bothers me. <laughs> but what do you think that is? Where I guess like we we disclaim what we currently know and say, I know better, and for some reason that gains traction.
0: I think it's like the American dream. People identify to people more than idea. Uh-huh. Right. Like the idea of anti-racism has been around for forever, but you know, the civil rights movement didn't gain traction until Malcolm X got killed. And well, you know, before he got killed, like a bunch of black people got killed. Uh-huh. Uh, some of them by this, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's easier because humans are made to connect with people. Right. Uh-huh. Or, I think we're made to reproduce. So it's easier for us to identify that way. I think they did a bunch of study on empathy. Um, One of the ways i don't know if you know and i'm speaking on my lane so please people psychologists if i say bullshit, just tell me right i'll (laughs) gladly admit i'm an idiot in that field but the expert on empathy or something is the cousin or the brother of sasha baron cohen like the guy who plays borat strangely enough he's like a super famous scientist and he has this broad theory where um the brains of human have not caught up to being so like in a society so they still really? think like a, a tribe. So if you look, and it makes sense, like if you look at things that are going to mediate a donation, like if people are going to donate to a cause, mm-hmm. it's usually, it's stuff that like is completely irrelevant. So it, let's say we say, hey, give money to a child. And that's the thing. Be- most people are not going to give. If we put a picture of a kid, even if it's not the same kid, we say like, hey, give a, give a dollar to this person. They're more likely to give it. If you give them a name and a stupid story, like, oh, this is, and he likes to play soccer just like you and you put a picture of him they're much more likely to give it but how, what purpose does that serve none except if none. you live in a tribe right but now we live in like an industrial society with millions of people and we can connect with strangers across the globe so um i'm honest i don't even know where i was going with this <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's just people connect with faces and stuff more right than ideas ideas are abstract construct and they don't really help you to propagate your dna so i think that that's part of the reason and if someone's like hey i figured it out i'm like the american dream these scientists are all wrong This scientific community but i got it i did it look at me i can dunk like it's much more <laughs> and like credit to them it's honestly pretty cool and impressively you could do this and if um i mean maybe if greg leman was better at skateboarding i believe it more well, i do believe a lot of what he says but maybe i believe in even more you know so it's just again it's uh not implicit bias, but it's normal human bias, all right? So I think that's where it comes from. It's easier to get trash in that way because Instagram is like a personality pl- platform.
1: Now that you mentioned the Duncan, did you ever figure out about the rim situation?
0: Yeah, so I actually did some <laughs> serious looting because there's so many people that are like, hey, look at these rims. These are fake rims. Look at him." And uh, no, there it's actually at Clearwater International High School. I had two people actually go there and check and they all confirm it's actually 10 feet. The guy can dunk. He's got hops. Wow. Uh, it's just he uses the weirdest angles the angle, to look yeah. like it's even more impressive. It's like, bro, chill. You're still doing like a reverse 180 flat-footed dunk. Like <laughs> That's still – and you're white. Like it's pretty impressive, right? And he still uses the angles that make it look like he's like touching the rim while flat-footed, which I don't get. I don't know. Marketing, I guess.
2: It's, you know what, if there's one thing that you can definitely credit him is, is marketing. I remember seeing his first commercial or YouTube ad was back in 2000. I would want to say 18 and, and now it's what 2022 and he's on the Joe Rogan and he got the Joe Rogan effect. (laughs) effect And now, dude, can we talk about how, if you make it the Joe Rogan, you are now a disciple and everything you say is going to be. Like the the world, like it's it's everything's correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was a Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. It's too it's, bad. I know I'll never make it because I made like one of the first things I did when I started my page was making fun of him. <laughs> 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 I was like, you know that Annabelle Burris clip where he's like rubbing his hands, like, oh yeah. I was like, oh, that's Joe Rogan. See another child, you could put on this page to spread misinformation. <laughs> <this> <laughs> I don't know. It's don't know.
2: um, yeah, it, it's it's. It's crazy how a platform can gain so much attraction that people just bypass all credit, like all actual credibility and just be like, well, it's Joe Rogan. He speaks fancy and Joe Rogan wouldn't have anybody, just anybody on. Granted, the next episode is going to be all his friends who are just comedians.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just random people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but Joe oh. Rogan's a good like example of like personality uh, being more important than credibility because I think he's like the same way Ben Patrick's story is very relatable and inspiring. Uh, Joe Rogan's as well. Like a lot of people are like, "Hey, he's just like me for real." Like I like MMA and I'm like obviously as things that no one can do. Like he's very strong, whatever. He's got like a resume or whatever. But I think he speaks to a level that people like, and his conversations are honestly kind of interesting. I I never really. Listen to like full episodes before the Ben Patrick one, which I, I did before I did this podcast. And it made me like Ben Patrick way more because he does sound arrogant on Instagram, I think. Yeah. And, uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm one to speak, but on the Joe Rogan podcast, I think he was pretty conservative in his claims and he didn't say anything that was like really, really egregious. So most of the stuff that I noted down at issues with was stuff from his Instagram, to be honest.
2: I would agree with that. I did listen to the the Ben Patrick, um, podcast just to hear what he had to say. And, uh, the one thing that I, I wish that he would kind of, I guess this would be terrible for marketing, but it's just, he, he kind of contributes all this success to like three exercises and perhaps the three exercises would make it, you know, very easy for people to conceptualize, but it's just like, can we just understand that he's just bringing his toes, past, like his knees past his toes, and loading the joint? Can we just agree it's that versus yeah. buying a Nothing you know a five hundred dollars sled and walking backwards? It's like oh, if you don't have the sled, you can just pull your car. Yeah, let me go buy a car. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and what's interesting is he uses his experience a lot, but he's he's a guy who's had two surgeries on his knees so it's like is that really a good experience to generalize to a healthy population awesome. and uh, yeah I, which is really odd um and he's like yeah i got better it's like most people get better on their own it, i mean i'm not gonna say his, his progress is not impressive it's just it's if you think about it it's it's less credible because i don't know oh wait what are you doing oh, my cat's in the way <laughs> yeah but he's an interesting guy yeah
2: one of his most uh well-known like claims is the vmo i think like every other one of his videos is claiming about how the vmo gets activated at a certain angle (laughs) and deep knee flexion uh did that get you irate at all
0: yeah um it's annoying because like um i mean first of all the toby smith I think it's a systematic review from uh, 2009 already showed that none of the exercises seem to consistently activate the VMO more than anything. His response to that was that none of them were going deep, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, okay, maybe if you go deep, you activate the VMO. We don't really have evidence on this. You cite like one study, but okay, what about all the other ones? Um, the one thing, though, is like Chester did a paper in two thousand eight, and it showed there's no correlation, like consistent association between the VMO uh, activation pattern and pain. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what? What are you even correcting? It's like saying, hey, this this exercise is the only one that uh, corrects, uh, you know, having one toe longer than the other. It's like, yeah, well, that's, that has nothing to do with pain. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, that's like literally the level of logic, which I don't, I don't get. You know what I mean? He's like, oh yeah, I'm ahead of the science. Fuck the science. And then he's like ignoring science that conveniently disagrees with him. I don't know if he's aware. I think so because he says he consults with scientists. So I know scientists can be biased, but I feel like that's a systematic review from 2008. I feel like that's pretty hard to miss if you work in the field. I just,
2: uh, if the statement, I consult with scientists, I just automatically don't believe you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a Scientologist. He probably knows a bunch. <laughs> but they're probably, But like scientists, I don't know. It's interesting, but I, I appreciate that he's not pushing his um, Scientology on people, which I mean, or any religion, uh, or any like atheism, whatever you do, what you want with your your faith. But one thing that's pretty funny is I heard that I think he has like a disciple or something in Australia or New Zealand, and they're building like a compound where you live there, and you're basically like a knee over toe commune. Which I mean, I don't know about you, but that's, that's spiking like a lot cool. of red for me. <laughs> Jesus like, I think i got to start a knee-over-toe cult. What? <laughs> what?
1: That's great. I, yeah. That's my followers sent me probably, this. A lot of people will probably sign up for that shit.
0: Oh, for, well, honestly, it looks kind of fun. Low-key, looks kind of fun. You know, I've been to stupider camps before, <laughs> right?
1: At least you'll get stronger.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Give,
2: give me six weeks and I dunk? Uh, I might be signing up for this.
0: Yeah, you get fired from the island if you can't. like, <laughs> we're sorry you didn't make it. We're about results here.
2: <laughs> There's a hoop know. right at the dock. There's a hoop at the dock. You just all right, try, yeah. try to hit, hit, hit Rem here. No? All right, get the fuck back on the boat.
0: <laughs> yeah, no mangoes for you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I like how they spoke about fruit for like 20 minutes on the Joe Rogan podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, fruit's so fucking good. It's like, yeah, it is good, guys. Well done. You guys are like 40. Um, yeah. did he, didn't he pop a split halfway through the podcast? Yeah, inside the studio. That's pretty, honestly... Everything about that podcast makes me like it more, to be honest. like It's like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah.
2: I mean, I can't do a split. I don't think I'll try to do a split.
0: <laughs> yeah, he put the split and went back up. He's like, I can do this all whenever I want, even Colt. It's like, okay, why would you need to? But still pretty cool, to be honest.
2: Yeah. He's just a guy at the bar just hanging out in a
0: split. Like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing he's married because he, that guy would be a menace. Look what I can do. Nope. This is only – a tenth of my power
2: (laughs) now just circling back to it just kind of like a general statement or question here is like was there really what topics have really bothered you or what were the topics that really drove you to to say you know what i'm gonna make a instagram page just kind of to dispel all this bs but what was that first one
0: uh probably honestly i think it was just a sequence of movie posts um i was getting really honestly one of the reasons why i think i know scapular dyskinesia so well like the literature around it is because they kept posting about it and i was like that's so dumb like it makes no sense it was one of the first things that i like i was do i think i'm like very skeptical in nature so Mm -hmm. whenever we did stuff that like turns out you know from the research we can't actually evaluate it I was like, I I can't figure out if it's moving correctly. Like it's so dumb. Like they have a different shape. I never like figured out. Conf, like I wasn't. I was never confident enough to be like, yeah. Oh yeah, I see your scap is moving wrong. So, I think it was a really easy jump in the, um, for me to see when I saw the literature showing it doesn't really predict uh, shoulder injuries like the Hogan paper uh, and then the the Takeno papers like but from. 2019 and 2020 but we had like papers on this before right before because i've known this for a while um yeah it was really easy to jump ship because to me all that stuff same thing with the sacrum it was always like people were were like oh yeah i can feel it and i was always i was never sure i was like yeah not really and if i i'm not sure what if i put it back wrong or what if i corrected wrong so it's like i wasn't even confident to use it ever um so i think being skeptical and like interest in nature was really helpful um but yeah so i was already already a basis on the, the scapula mm-hmm. and then they kept posting about it posting about it and then i realized i was just giving them engagement so uh because they, they kept growing so i decided i'd just do that on my page so yeah <laughs> probably something about the scapula
2: the uh, um the what the one thing that really sent me through the roof when i watched them was like somebody told me about move you and i was like All right, i'm gonna start following them and it was He was like basically like, oh, if you have a low back pain and you're trying to get out of your car. And like basically he was suggesting that you should hold an abdominal brace while getting in and out of your car, driving your car. And it's just like, so when do you not brace your core? And he's like, oh, no, you do that now.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. He also did a post on like a woman wearing high leggings and how it inactivates the core or something. I'm like, yeah you deserve my unfollow. Like this is it. This is my limit.
0: Yeah, that was so dumb. Imagine posting that and be like, yeah yeah you know that guy's like a creep he yeah, used to brag yeah, about problems. using the laws of power or something what is it the 120 laws of power yeah it's like a book that's banned in prison he bragged about using it on his and his personnel
1: with with his like shirtless dude or whatever i don't know what happened there. yeah the shirt yeah guy. andrew
0: looks cool oh yeah that guy looks cool um yeah, I think that's one of the reasons. I think they probably disagreed on like the messaging, and that's why he left. Oh. Uh, yeah.
2: Have you, Another thing. Have
0: you, yeah. I was gonna, gonna ask if have you,
2: have you have you read the, the the laws of power? That that shit is straight up like manipulative, like <laughs> psychopathic almost. If you take it in the wrong way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've read like what's it what, what it's about, and it's funny that the author was like, "Oh yeah, you can use it not to be manipulated, but instead it's just used by guys trying to manipulate people." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I have like a, a very big fascination with like uh what we call like the manosphere, cuz I find that shit hilarious. It's so funny. Like I was raised by women, so for me I find anything like about toxic masculinity really stupid cuz I was like, yeah, my my dad wasn't the best dad, so I was <laughs> so like people were like have a boner for for men is just really funny <laughs> to me. Like I don't know. Um so yeah, I'm aware of it, but it's whatever. I would never read that shit. Um
2: Sweet the alphas if you're not if you're not a an alpha you're a beta and like or a sigma
0: yeah <laughs> oh, the, i so forgot
2: that sigma's a thing
0: <laughs> yeah sigmas are the cool ones they're making toxic masculinity for uh for shy guy now you oh. know for introverts it's not that i don't want to be an alpha uh, that i can't be an alpha is that i don't want to because i'm too busy playing fortnite um um oh yeah one thing i wanted to talk about with the, the knee over toes guy i wanted to ask you guys opinion about the like, one of those big claims is that, like, the tibant is the key to knee pain. He ah. says it's the muscle that we use for deceleration. I never, under, like, from a biomechanical point of view, do you guys get that? It's slowing down, like, um, what is it, like, eccentric plantar
1: flexion, I guess. Yeah, but I would argue that the hamstrings do more of that job, right? Deceleration. <laughs> yeah hamstrings over and and quads, right like why yeah. would you even mention the anterior tip before mentioning the hamstrings it absolutely makes right. no sense
0: <laughs> yeah but does actually i feel like the tip band helps you run uphill
1: yeah and like it, avoid a foot yeah. drop
0: when you're slowing down it's basically inactive because your uh your calf is eccentrically decelerating
1: yep yeah yeah, yeah. biomechanically speaking it makes no sense yeah. Okay,
0: so I'm not crazy, because yeah. I always figured, like, why is everyone running with this? It doesn't even make sense biomechanically.
2: Right. That's know. one of his
0: biggest claims. Like, he has, like, a little piece of equipment, to, like, the oh, tip the end monkey thing. thing. <laughs> uh, no, Monkey Shrug is for the psoas. It's for um, the yeah. the dorsiflexors. Yeah. So it's like a yeah, bar you put your feet through, yeah. Which is a cool piece of equipment, and there's nothing wrong with working it. I think there's some value if you want to... I mean, we don't have papers on this, but probably help with uh, shin splints and stuff like that. For the knee?
2: right and that's that's where i use the the, the the if i do the tip raises it's just somebody that has shin splints but usually it's like oh you're, you're getting things with shin splints uh let's just not run as much as you are uh and then just reintroduce it and then it works
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but no i just manipulate their back right away of <laughs> i correct the subluxation no, I'm kidding <laughs> okay if anyone's listening to this this is a joke subluxation is stupid yeah <laughs>
2: okay well we hit the 30 minute mark we're gonna put a pin in it here i want you to plug your
0: stuff where can everyone find you uh i'm at at no bullshit physio on every platform uh if you have to pick one just follow me on youtube because that's where the good videos are um but my biggest platform is definitely instagram but i'm also on twitter if you want to hear uh nerds arguing yep (laughs) we're
2: gonna put a pin right there